Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Welcome! Something truly extraordinary happened. Joaquin Phoenix, who is a vegan and an animal rights activist, who um, goes to pig vigils in downtown Los Angeles, who is absolutely amazing. One, best actor at the Golden Globes that was 100% plant-based. And he went up and what he said immediately was, thank you, Hollywood Foreign Press, for acknowledging animal agriculture's contribution role in climate change and congratulated uh, the Golden Globes for having an entirely vegan meal. Plant-based is what he said, because people for some reason can accept that easier. And so that is a game changer. Those of us who have been trying to tell the world about the importance of uh, switching to a plant-based diet to save our planet, to save life on this planet were in ecstasy because he got a round of applause and because now the world is getting that information. So today we have an amazing guest and a guest in Portland, Brittany Michelson. You've written a book, Voices for Animal Liberation. It's coming out. It's your first book. Tell us how you deal with major events like this, when a game-changing moment occurs, as occurred at the Golden Globes with that acceptance speech, Joaquin Phoenix (laughs) knocked it out of the park, took the moment of opportunity to speak the truth to the world, and he wasn't booed, the world applauded. Take it away. Um, Thank you, Jane. Um, Yeah, it was a phenomenal moment to hear Joaquin Phoenix's acceptance speech. Um, I think it blew all of us away because he has uh, such a huge platform and to put um, this out to the world, out to the celebrity world um, and out all over the media is huge for our movement. So um, we're all celebrating um, the fact that he made this announcement that there is a direct correlation between the animal agriculture industry and climate change. So um, my book, Voices for Animal Liberation, is an anthology for the animal rights movement. And, you know, talking about celebrities, uh, we think about art and how important art is in our movement. In the animal rights movement, we need a variety of Um, modes in which we can get our message out. So films, um, visual art, and writing. And so I created this book um, because I believe in the power of writing and I want the voices of a variety of animal rights activists to be heard in, in print, to be seen and to be taken seriously. So um, the book will be released on March 3rd. It's available for pre-order now. And um, luckily I got a mainstream publisher to um, take this on. 
um, which is great because uh, it hopefully the exposure will be really good. Um, it's Skyhorse Publishing, and their distribution is through Simon and Schuster. Um, so I'm really hoping that this will, um, you know, go far and will really help change hearts and minds for the animals and um, get people really thinking about the issues that our planet is facing. Danny Rukin in Portland, um, you are a contributor to the book. Um, many, many incredible activists like Jeep Bauer, the founder of Farm Sanctuary, Ingrid Newkirk, the president of PETA, uh, Sean Munson, the amazing director of Earthlings, and others have contributed to the book. First, I got to get your reaction to Joaquin Phoenix and his speech, because to me, it was a moment that marks a shift, yeah. a tipping point of sorts within itself. Yeah, I mean, I'm just as elated as every other animal rights, ethical vegan activist, animal rights activist, ethical vegan is around the world right now. And I echo what Brittany says, for somebody like that to use their platform uh, uh, for the animals and for the environment and for the, you know, regarding the connection between animal agriculture and the climate is huge. And for him to use it at that moment when so many, it wasn't just like some random moment. This was him winning the Oscar for best, I'm sorry. Sorry, the, the Golden Globes for best, uh, the award for best actor, huge. And I also want to add what Brittany's saying. This is this is to using art for any social justice movement. When we look back historically, and Brittany and I were talking about this, and Jane, you've mentioned this before. You know, music, art, writing, all of these ways. You know, the the civil rights movement and the the Vietnam War and Joan Baez and and uh, Pete Seeger and all the folk. You know. Music is a big part of it, too. So this is a huge beginning. It really is. And what I see happening is all those Americans who love their dogs, and then they look over and they see what's happening in the Amazon, and they see what's happening in Australia right now. And I love what Joaquin Phoenix also said about that. Like, stop with the thoughts and prayers. Our actions, our choices as consumers is what is causing this horror show. That is only going to get worse and got to plug my documentary countdown to year zero on Amazon prime, which talks about precisely this, that animal agriculture is destroying the planet. Now we know that there is a huge institutional resistance to looking at this issue, even progressives, even liberals like the Rachel Maddow's of the world who I otherwise admire don't want to focus on animal agriculture's role and they only want to pretty much talk about fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. Do you address climate change in your book, Brittany? And if so, how? Um, certain pieces in the book do mention environmental aspects. Um, climate change um, does come up. Not a lot because um, the focus is really on different forms of activism, different perspectives on animal rights activism, um, different experiences, how animal rights activism has um, influenced uh, the contributors, um, their, their personal journeys, things like that. So um, climate change is not really a focus, but of course it is one component of the whole picture of the animal rights movement. And so, yes, um, aspects like health, the health benefits of a plant-based diet and um, environmental aspects such as 
um, the fact that animal agriculture is the leading cause of deforestation um, and, and those kinds of things are touched on. Now, Danny, you talk about your journey in the book as a gay activist to a gay animal activist. Give us a, a 30 second on that. Like, sure. what is your journey? Because I yeah. think this is so fascinating and you can read it about you can read about it in this book, Voices for Animal Liberation. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, so the title of my piece is called How I Made the Connection, Gay Rights, Feminism, and Animal Liberation. And I also want to uh, echo what Brittany is saying and what you're also saying, Jane, you know, the, the, the countdown to year zero, it opens, you know, with the flames of what's happening with the wildfire. So it's all connected. And I think most, if not all of us in the anthology, probably we do understand the connection and we very much, very deeply are affected by it. And, you know, animals are the environment. We are animals. We are the environment. There's no difference. We are nature. We are the planet. It's all one. So when people start making the connection that to hurt, that, to, that, to, to, that when your actions cause harm to anything that is more vulnerable to you, whether it's an animal or a child or uh, someone of a different culture or, or country or color or, or the planet, nature, when anything's more vulnerable, we have to be more conscious about our actions. So uh, I also want to add, I am from Portland, but I'm not in Portland. I wish this is where I lived, um, but I'm in Washington State, uh, out near uh, Mount Adams on a little getaway, weekend getaway. So, um, And I want to add that for animal rights activists, most of us have a hard time taking care of ourselves because we are just constant 24-7. And I have... I can't say enough about getting away for two days. Well, you look like something out of a James Bond movie. You know, when James Bond goes into hiding, that's what it looks like. Tell me, though, about how you went from being a gay activist to a gay animal rights activist. Yeah. So years ago, you know, I was president of the Alliance for Gay and Lesbian Awareness in college in San Francisco. And, you know, you know, we're here, we're queer, get used Mm -hmm. to it and the whole thing. Out loud and proud, you know, and that was decades ago. I had, if you had told me even four years ago, let alone decades ago when I was, you know, uh, out loud and proud, I would never have known that that I was going to have a second coming out because all of the people, all of my friends who are social justice warriors and environmentalists and feminists and LGBTQ activists and uh, environmentalists and, and yoga and spiritual, when I came out as an ethical vegan, uh, the hardest thing, uh, besides not knowing how to eat, <laughs> but that was nothing. I said, when I learned the truth about animal, ag- about not just animal agriculture, about what we were doing to animals, the horrible truth, I said, I'll eat cardboard before I eat another animal. So, and actually the journey to figure out how to eat and where to go and what to do was a beautiful and still is process. I, I, I encourage people if you're not yet vegan to embrace the process because I really did. It was, I'm so glad that I looked at it as an adventurous journey and it was very scary because I did lose a lot of friends who are feminists. Yeah. We can go into yeah. that later, but yes, that is. A yes. Part of well, story. that was interesting. You lost a lot of friends who were focused on their movement, but didn't want to extend that circle of compassion to other beings. And, yeah, ha- and you talk about that in the book, uh, Voices for Animal Liberation. And I know, being your friend, how hard that was for you and how you cried 
Tell us a little bit about that, because I think that's really fascinating part of the book. Yeah, I think the, 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 the most, you know, it's, it's fine with me, the people who don't know me, don't want to hear the message. You know, it's just like, you know, you're lost, buddy. You're going to be last on board, you know, those kinds of things. And I have a lot of compassion. Um, of course, I get outraged. And by the way, when I first went vegan, it was like, take me to my people. Where Because for me, it wasn't going vegan. It was actually Brett, Brittany and I had met through our elephant rights activism and, you know, through that, I started to realize we're not just doing this to elephants, which are a major part of the environment. You know, what we're doing to elephants, they are critical to our planet. As we know, mo many animals are, and they create waterways. They have a lot of impact. So it was, it's all connected. And I just wish that more people would see. So Brittany and I were connecting around that. So I realized, wait, I can't be a voice for how can I be a voice for elephants when I'm, you know, because I was reading and looking on, on because I'm one. Because I'm up, I'm in the role of the oppressor. I'm actually doing the very thing that I'm angry at people doing to elephants. I'm responsible by eating animals. I'm responsible for creating cruelty and suffering. And so for me, it was like, take me to my people. And I found the Animal Rights National Conference where I actually met you, Jane. I literally signed up as if it were 40 some years ago and I were signing up for a gay and lesbian conference. It was the same thing. I, take, I want my tribe because I do not feel seen, understood. Nobody's listening, including my feminist uh, friends and my social justice friends. They're not listening. They well, don't let me ask you, well, weigh in on that, Brittany. Yeah. Um, yeah, so well, when Danny and I met, um, I was already vegan at the time and um, she wasn't, but we connected on um, in elephant activism um, for a certain elephant that um, has been suffering immensely um, at a zoo in Pakistan named Kavan. So we connected on the free Kavan campaign. Um, so anyway, when I, when I decided to start this book, um, I started it in June 2018. Um, you know, this was a few years after Danny and I met, I think we met in like the summer of 2015. Um, anyway, I was thinking of people to be contributors and I really wanted to have a mix of voices and perspectives, um, and, and different types of activism represented as well. And Anyway, I know Danny's story was very powerful, um, the way that she did make the connection from elephants to all animals. And it was such a, a pleasure to witness her journey, her process, um, because I was already vegan and I, I was, you know, seeing the way the dots were connecting for her. Um, and that is what I wish for everybody. I wish the dots would just connect for everybody because... You know, we all, we all, for the most part, you know, love dogs and cats and animals that are considered companion animals, but we need to extend that compassion and that, that justice to all animals. So this um, book, um, I'm really excited about it. Um, I have 27 contributors. What I love about it is that it's a mix of very established voices in the animal rights movement um, and newer voices. I didn't want it to just be the leading voices. I really wanted there to be um, a balance. Um, and so that is, you know, what I, what my goal was, was to have a mix of um, 
highly established voices and newer voices. Um, and give us a sense of some of the people who are in the book. We know sure. Jean Bauer, Farm Sanctuary, Ingrid Newkirk writes mm-hmm. the intro. We've got Danny Rukin, who talks about her journey from being a gay activist to a gay animal activist, which is yep. quite a read. Who else? Um, yeah, so Ingrid Newkirk wrote the foreword um, of the book, which was a huge honor. Um, and um, I've got Anita Kreins, uh, oh. founder of the Save Movement, Sean Monson, um, filmmaker, of course, of Earthlings and Unity. Um, I have Jill Robinson, the founder of Animals Asia, um, incredible woman who's been working for years to stop uh, bear bile farming in China and Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Karen Davis, founder of United Poultry Concerns, longtime activist. Um, I have... Um, some newer voices are um, Jasmine Afshar um, in, in Phoenix and Zafir Molina uh, here in Los Angeles. Um, I have, I've got, uh, the only poem in the book is by Sean Hill, who's a local, uh, you know, performance-based poet. Um, he did a, a poem at the end called Nonstop Loving and Ode to Activists. Um, and otherwise, it's, um, you know, a variety of, um, of personal essays. Oh, and one of my biggest heroes, um, Lek, Lek of Save Elephant Foundation in Thailand. The woman has done incredible, she's Thai and she's done incredible work for elephants. She runs the Sanctuary Elephant Nature Park. She's one of my contributors. Um, so, Let me jump in yeah. for a second because we have a caller. Basically, read this book, you'll understand the entire spectrum of the animal rights movement, which is Mark my words, going to be the largest, the most important social justice movement of the 21st century because our survival as humans depends on us stopping to kill animals. Hannah from Florida, thanks for your patience. What's your question or thought, Hannah? Oh, Hannah. Okay. Well, we're not hearing While we're waiting, can I say something? Sure. Well, Brittany, I'm so I did not know that Jill Robinson is one of the contributors, and that's that's uh, incredible for me because before I was vegan, so it was a fa- the fall of 2015 that I was having my awakening, which is what it was. Um, I had seen on an animal law conference video, I think it was their presentation of the bear bile bile farming. I think it was in in, in Vietnam. I don't want to name any country because it's you know it's it's incredible what's happening with it. But anyways, when I saw the bear bile, what she was doing uh, in Asia, I could not believe that we were actually capable of that much evil and that you see the worst of humanity and then her, what she's doing, the best of humanity. It was like, which side am I on? I I agree with you. When I saw the bear bile farms where they keep these bears immobilized and take Mm -hmm. their bile out for some crazy superstition, it, I, I said, you know, I'm embarrassed to be a member of the human race. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Hannah from Florida is back. Okay, Hannah, what's your question or thought, my dear? Oh, Lordy. Hmm. Hannah. Okay. Um, I, I don't know whether we're having trouble with the uh, with the phones, uh, but- I can say something there. else if we're uh, waiting. Hold on one second. Yeah, take your time. No, Okay. All right. Well, we're going to skip those phone calls in. All right. So, yes, uh, I would like to hear what you have to say. Uh, You know, it's um, what you were asking me about earlier, Jane, that I think what was heartbreaking for me, and it's a part of my story, is that I thought, so as I had my awakening of what we were doing and the connection between 
what we do to animals and feminism and oppression and that oppression is oppression and cruelty is cruelty and inhumanity is human, regardless of the victim. I thought that naively, once I shared my awakening and my story with my feminist and social justice friends, that they would surely just want to know more and learn more and be on board. And when they weren't, that was a, a turning point for me of, of a lot of things. It's very disheartening. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Hannah or Shannon? Okay, Shannon. It's Shannon. Can you hear me? Yes, go yes. ahead. I just want to touch on everything that you guys are saying. It's so exciting. Um, I love all of you, and I'm so excited for Brittany's book to come out. So many amazing human beings that are doing so much to help innocent animals. And, wow, Joaquin's feet, how incredible. And the fact that the Golden Globes had all plant-based food is just like, that was such exciting news a few days ago when I heard it. And, oh, my goodness, so many awesome things happening. And Danny's absolutely right. Everything is connected. And if everybody could see that and get active, then we could just change the world so much quicker. You are one of the most amazing activists, Shannon, who is Vegan Evan's mom, and she and her son go around the country with Veg Ian and his mom, and they spread the word. They literally just travel around the country and the world, spreading the message that you don't have to kill to survive, that in fact, it's killing us. So we've got another caller. Um, Paige, your question is all. Paige. Hi, ladies. I just hi, want to Paige. congratulate you. Um, hi. I want to congratulate you, Brittany, on a job well done. I can't wait to read your book. Pre-ordered and very excited. I want to ask you, Brittany, for the other people out there that might be putting, you know, putting something down, a pen to paper, uh, what was your inspiration? Like, what, what had you really just go for it? Um, so it was... Uh, right after the Animal Liberation Conference of 2018, and I was so up in Berkeley, I was so inspired, um, and I'm not exactly sure what, what struck the idea, but I started thinking, because I'm, I'm a teacher um, and also a writer, I had, this is my first book, but uh, previously I had written short pieces, um, I have written short pieces, um, yes. I still am, and, and those have been um, published on literary sites and online journals, um, some of which are awareness-raising pieces about animal issues. So I started thinking, you know, how great would it be to have an anthology of voices by animal rights activists? And so I wrote a book proposal. I learned how to write a book proposal, which was a lot of work. Um, it involves multiple components. Um, and I decided just to formulate, I structured the whole project. I sent the, the proposal out to uh, publishers, 15 publishers, um, and, it, and it got accepted. I, I just, it was quite a process. I, um, I provided feedback for my contributors um, to help shape their pieces so that they could, um, you know, some of them needed to revise. Some of the pieces needed more revision than others, so I provided my feedback. Um, and then I edited um, all of the pieces before I sent it off to the publisher. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it started um, June, 2018, and here we are, and it'll be released um, in March, 2020. Whoa, how fantastic. Okay, 
Thank you. Brittany, Penny. I could not have written my piece without you. So yeah, I just want to acknowledge that. And I also want to say to what Brittany's saying, this, she is an example. Now she is, she's a writer and she has a gift and she's using her gift but she had never, like, she didn't know how to make, write a book proposal. And what I want to say to other, we all have a story to tell. Every single one of us who have gone vegan and are ethical vegans and then and have become animal rights activists, we all, every single, like Shannon, who was on earlier, who is a very amazing activist, and then, of course, her son, Vegan Evan. I know Shannon's story. She used to be a, a, the manager of a fish restaurant and training people. Like, I hope that's not like a secret, but it's just like we all were there once. So we all understand. And but I just want to say we all have a story. So don't ever underestimate uh, your gifts and use those gifts and use what you're, you know, what you're good at and what you're passionate about in order to be a voice for the animals. Because Brittany certainly didn't say, I'm going to go vegan and become an animal rights activist and then write a book about it, right? Yeah. Now I, I want to say this. And by the way, if you see me looking down, it's because I'm sharing this out. So hit share, hit share when you're watching on Facebook. That's a way to get a whole other audience. Thank you for that. Um, we have Bill Grant who says America is America because of some meat. I'm getting hungry. So Bill, first of all, I want to thank you for joining us and listening because the first step in any process is to listen. And I understand the imagery of the Wild West and the cowboys and the heroes. But the truth is that life is about change. The only constant in life is change. And we've gotten to a point with our environment because we are only 7.7 .7 billion humans and we're killing between 70 and 90 billion land animals, not including fish, that the carnage from that the inefficiency of those animals who, I say who, eat 40 times at least what they produce as food is contributing to world hunger and it's destroying the forest because forests have to be cut down to grow food to feed all those animals. So what was perhaps manageable back in the Middle Ages or during the Renaissance uh, or even during the early parts of the Industrial Revolution it's no longer sustainable. We have come to a turning point. And either we hit the tipping point and start incorporating more fruits and vegetables, nuts and grains into our diet, or we are going to accelerate climate change to the point where literally it's going to be too hot for human life and certainly other life to survive. And can I say something to Bill? When well, we're going to, we're going to do a quick break. We've got to go to a break, but I want to hear you right on the other side. However, we're staying live on Facebook. So thank you, Voice America. We've got uh, Andrew from Voice America helping us today. And I always say thank you to our executive producer, Tacey Trump. Um, let's take a quick break on Voice America. We'll stay live on Facebook and we'll be back in a second. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. 
From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're here with Brittany Michelson and our mascot, Little Rico, our rescue from Puerto Rico, as well as Danny Rukin. Um, Brittany, where can we get your book, Voices for Animal Liberation? So it's available for pre-order right now. Um, the release date is March 3rd. Um, it is on the Skyhorse Publishing website, which is my publisher. It's available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. Um, it's on the Simon & Schuster website because um, the distribution for my publisher is handled by Simon & Schuster. Um, it's also available on IndieBound, Books A Million, and Powell's, uh, Powell's Bookstore Online. Um, those are the places so far where um, where it's available. So um, Bill Grant, who's continuing to dialogue with us, and we appreciate that, Bill, says climate change is a huge hoax. Spring, summer, winter, and fall have came every year since the beginning of time, and it won't change till the end of this world. Well, let me just say this. I don't think there's any disputing the video that the Amazon is on fire. We've seen the video. And we know it's been acknowledged that because um, Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, has mm-hmm. sided with animal agriculture, he's basically giving them free range to tear down the forest and burn down the forest for cattle grazing. Okay. Of money. Yes. And then in Australia, we see what's happening. The video is the video. It's not being reconstructed. There's no, it's, it's just video of, of areas the size of Manhattan on fire. Um, half a billion animals who are just like our dogs and cats have been killed. The video of the kangaroos and the koalas fleeing is gut-wrenching. So whether you call it climate change or just, uh, you know, a bleep storm, something very, very dangerous and horrible is happening to our environment. I've seen it with my own eyes. I was in Malibu when the fires happened there and we almost got enveloped in them. And I said to my friend, Simone Reyes, we're making, I'm making an executive decision because I'm behind the wheel. We're turning around now. And if we hadn't done that, I don't know whether we would have survived. I was going to go to a thanks living party at a friend's house. They had to change the location 
because every house on his block had been burned down except his. Mm -hmm. So when we only look at it when it's hitting us, Mm -hmm. that's when it's too late. This moment that Joaquin Phoenix took when the world's attention was on him and courageously, because it is courage. You know, there's agents, there's studios, follow the money. It's always courageous to speak truth to power. And he said, thank you for acknowledging animal agriculture's contribution to climate change and making this plant-based. It was a bold move. When he did that, that was, I think, a game changer. And I think we're seeing a lot of game changers. Brittany, you've written this incredible anthology with your contributors, Voices for Animal Liberation. What do you see? What do you see happening in 2020? Um, I yeah, I really feel like we're getting super close to the tipping point, um, and I feel that you know, like I said earlier, the more mediums, the more um, outlets that we have for this movement, the better. And so that was also part of my vision in creating this book was to get the voices for animal liberation out there in mainstream literature, you know, get it out there for people to read. We need the music, arts, film, all of it. Um, And that's, all of these things are only going to just continue to bolster our movement. Um, I am really excited that a mainstream publisher decided to take this on. Um, This is a publisher that has like 18 imprints, I think, under them. Um, So it's not just like a, you know, little animal rights oriented publisher, um, which I'm really excited because I'm hoping that, you know, there'll be great exposure in the mainstream, um, that the book will help change hearts and minds for the animals and the planet. Um, I also believe that it will encourage vegans who are not vegans who are not active um, to become activists, to take action, realizing the importance of taking action for animals versus being passive vegans. Um, We don't have time to waste. We need everybody on the ground um, doing whatever they can to be voices for the animals and thereby being voices for the planet and our own human health. Um, and so this, this project, it was, a, it was a tremendous amount of work to, to bring it all together, working with 27 contributors. Um, I wrote the introduction um, and the closing. Um, I, I structured it all. There's six, six different sections. Um, and I also wrote a personal essay that's, that's in the book as well um, and just helped shape the pieces and then edited them. And I'm super grateful to my contributors for their openness um, their receptiveness to my feedback, um, and their receptiveness to, to my editing. Um, and I just feel like, you know, we're all a big team and, um, I just, I'm, I'm thrilled that this can even be out in the world. Tell me your story because you said you also wrote your story. I want to hear your story because you are one of the most vocal, consistent activists. I see activists sort of sometimes come and go, you know, they're very passionate for a couple of months or a year, and then something comes up, they meet a new person in their life, or they get a high power job or whatever. I'm not casting blame or, you know, there's good reasons for people sometimes to step back and do what they've got to do to live their life. As Sigmund Freud said, it's important 
to have compassion for others, but also consideration mm-hmm. for oneself. We all have to do what we have to do. And self-care is important. However, you are relentless. Tell us your story. Um, okay. Well, um, I went vegan because at the time um, I was vegetarian. I had been vegetarian for a long time. I was those like vegetarians who thought like, oh, I'm not eating animals, you know, and I just felt that not eating meat was enough. I I didn't know about the horrors behind the dairy and egg industries. Um, And at the time, um, I had a a boyfriend who was, um, he was plant-based for health. He was a real health guy. Um, And I mean, he cared about animals as well, but his main thing was plant-based for health. So he started telling me about the um, negative effects of dairy on health. He said that dairy causes inflammation. It's acidic. um, And he just said dairy is not healthy. He didn't tell me about what happens to the cows in the dairy industry. He just was telling me about the health stuff. So I looked into that online. Um, I wanted to do some research and I found validation for what he was saying, that dairy is indeed not healthy, and consequently came across the awful behind the scenes of the dairy industry. And I I was shocked. I mean, I literally was like, I couldn't believe that they, you know, they take the babies away away from from the the mothers. They confine them in hutches. The male calves are killed for veal and, you know, at a few months of age. And then the female dairy cows, when they can no longer produce enough milk, are sent to slaughter. So I didn't realize that the dairy and meat industries were directly connected. So I went vegan. And um, very shortly after, I went to um, a protest for animals. Um, and I, I went to the protest. Um, and I think it was a DXE and Los Angeles for Animals Um Co mm-hmm. co-host. I, I don't remember, but it was it was a protest. We went into grocery store, and um, it just I was my eyes were open, and I became an activist. Wow! I call you Brittany Megaphone Michelson. <laughs> um, now I think we have another caller. Pray, Michael from Los Angeles. Your question was thought. Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. You guys all inspire me. I'm really enjoying the show today. Um. And Brittany, I'm really looking forward to your book. I can't wait to read it when it comes out next in two months. Hmm. Um, basically, my, my question is this. Um, we all know there are a lot of vegans. When I go to a veg fest, there are so many people. And when, when I go to an event, a protest or a, or a vigil or whatever, there are not that many people there. And my question to you, Brittany, is actually, since you're such an uh, amazing activist, what do you think is the key to getting more vegans to become active. And Danny and Jane, you can chime in too if you want to, but uh, that is, I think that would really go a long way in uh, advancing our movement and getting yeah, more attention. We, we, get, we get very little media attention because of we, our numbers are so small. Yeah, that's a good point, Michael. I mean, there's definitely a huge turnout at um, vegan events like you know food fests, veg fest, those kinds of things. Um, I think that, you know, just um, encouraging and inspiring people through, you know, leading by example, but also um, the urgency of the matter. Um, I mean, one purpose of this book is to hopefully encourage vegans who are passive to take action. 
I mean, I, I took action shortly after becoming vegan. I just, you know, I mean, I took me some time to really get into like, you know, different events, but I mean, I at least attended an animal rights protest shortly after just to open my eyes to it because I realized like, you know, we can't, we can't just be quiet about this. You know, once your once your eyes are opened, it's, you just, I, for me anyway, I had to take action. So I guess, um, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, how can we really get more people on board? And I, I guess, you know, leading by example, um, and also just the more social media, you know, videos and things that we put out there, we show people that you can be anybody who, you know, any vegan, any, anybody who really cares um, to make a difference can take that next step and go from just being like a personal vegan um, in your own life and just, you know, spreading the word. And there's something for everybody. There's, you know, if you don't feel comfortable behind a megaphone, like that's something that I enjoy doing um, is speaking truth to power behind the megaphone. You know, you can just hold a sign. You can, you can um, just be there, be there in the presence of other activists. So I'm still actually trying to figure that out, Michael. Um, maybe Danny or Jane has a something else to add to that. Well, one of the reasons I started Jane Unchained was because the mainstream media, which I was in for 40 years, doesn't cover this. I mean, it took Joaquin Phoenix getting up there uh, at the Golden Globes to blurt out the truth. Animal agriculture is destroying our planet. And why does mainstream media not want to talk about it? I think we can have Michael listen, but remove him from the actual hold because it's got feedback. Um, so why is it that, that even progressive news media like MSNBC pretty much has their blinders on when it comes to animal agriculture and doesn't want to talk about it? Look at the advertisers. Pharmaceutical industry would collapse if people began eating plant-based and got healthy. Uh, no need for those less needs. There are some people with genetically predisposed to high cholesterol, but much less need for the cholesterol lowering drugs, the erectile uh, dysfunction drugs, and a lot of the other pills and potions that they're selling. And uh, of course, the fast food industry. So um, we have to speak the truth when we get the chance. And the clock is ticking, as I mentioned in my documentary, which is available for free on Amazon Prime for uh, Amazon Prime members, 99 cents for anyone else. And it's won awards, countdown to year zero. It's incredible. Every, it should be in schools. We're not going to have any wild animals left, except maybe squirrels, in seven years at the rate we're killing them. And once those wild animals go, and then the uh, insect, the bee population, we won't be able to pollinate the way we need to, and we're going to have an ecological collapse. So everybody needs to get on their cell phones. Okay, this is the greatest tool you have. Sure, writing a book is extraordinary, and I urge everyone, buy Voices for Animal Liberation. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Skyhorse Publishing. And then also use your phone every time you eat a vegan meal. Take a photo of it, post it on Instagram. If you have a great vegan recipe, go live on Facebook, show people, and then you can repost it on IGTV. Um, there's other platforms. Rumble is a great new platform. So this will connect you to more people than you could speak to in a month, no matter what you're doing. Okay. Um, and so it's super important that we all get active. 
and what I find so ironic, Danny Rukin, is that, you know, we're trying to save people. People that, well, you care about animals. What about people? People are dying because of animal agriculture. Children are dying of starvation because of animal agriculture, because it's so inefficient, because it takes eight to 25 pounds of grain to make one pound of beef. We could feed that grain directly to kids. And so, you know, what would you say to Michael's question about how we get more people involved? Yeah, I have a lot to say. So, so, uh, also in line with what Brittany's saying, you know, there's no action too small. And if, if being behind a megaphone or doing a speak out is not for you, I mean, there's just so many ways to be a voice for the animals. And a lot of people will see those of us who are really active and, and, uh, and out there and think, oh, I could never do that. But you'd be surprised at what you can do when you really connect with, you know, what your values are and what you believe in. And I also want to say to people, if you, those of us who are, who are active animal rights activists, how I see it is if it were me or my loved ones in their, in that situation, I would be doing the same thing. What, what, why do people have to wait until it's somebody close to them or them to do the right thing? And I say, and also those of us who are active, I think we complain and blame and are in despair less because we're actually doing something about it. So when you see all the horrible things going on, get out there and get active, speak truth to power, be out, be loud, be proud. And until their voices are heard, we will not, we will not be quiet because if it were you, just just use your empathy, compassion and action, love and action. If it were you, what would you want us to do? And then go do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's um, natural to feel despair. It's very depressing, um, the state of the world, the planet, what's happening to the animals. But like Danny said, um, if you're taking action, you're playing a direct role in doing something to try to reduce the situation. And Suffering. that is really the mark of an activist. I mean, once you have that, that fire inside you, you can't stop. I mean, maybe some people, they grow out of it or they, you know, they get worn out. Of course, you know, burnt, getting burnt out is one thing and um, self-care is very important. But when you have that fire of activism within you, it's like, I mean, it's, it's changed my whole life. It's, it's the, the best thing I ever did was go vegan and become an activist. I agree with you 100%. And, you know, when people go vegan first, sometimes they're like, I feel all alone. Uh, the editor of my documentary, Countdown to Year Zero, Jeff Adams lives in North Carolina. And we ended up doing this project because he reached out to me and said, I'm in North Carolina. I don't know a lot of other vegans. I feel alone. And I said, I'll put you to work. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, there are so many vegans out there who are sort of lurking in the shadows, who are plant-based, who are getting it. And yet they almost feel embarrassed to come out and say, because their neighbors and their friends are not on board yet. And um, we should never apologize or, or feel embarrassed for being right. We are right. We are morally right. And we are in every other way right because uh, this is the biggest danger. So I feel, frankly, 
that the greatest gift I've ever gotten is to be able to be involved in this movement. You know, uh, when you have a why, you can endure any, uh, anyhow, you know, like we all have a why for living. And we know, I think I speak for all of us every morning when we wake up, we have a vision, we have a mission, we have a goal, and we're just all about accomplishing it. And that's, a, it's really a great feeling. Like, I think that I would be far more despondent if I didn't have a goal. And I always quote Ingrid Newkirk, who's written the foreword to your book, who's one of my heroes. And, and she says, you know, being sad doesn't help the animals. Being sad doesn't help the planet. So being sad uses up a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and I also want to add permission to be happy as long as I do something. As long as we're doing day. something. Yeah. And I want to say goal, yes, but also we have purpose. We have a purpose. And I want to also say that uh, that a lot of people will say, how can you be focusing on animals when we have so much human suffering going on? And I knew that if this current, you know, administration got in, um, that animal, animal, uh, the awareness of animal rights. Okay. We had a little bit of an okay. issue there. Okay. Uh, but it's back. We're back. It's We're back. back. It's back. But Go I ahead. just want to, I just want to address that people, uh, a lot of people think that we're focusing on animals when we should be focusing on human suffering. And a few things we can say to that is number one, it's not one or the other. It's not a zero sum game. Cruelty is cruelty. Suffering is suffering. Oppression is oppression. Violence is violence. If we're allowing uh, ourselves and each other to commit violence against animal, you know, peace begins on our plate. You can also be a voice for the homeless, for the for for immigrants, for everything and anything, for people of color, for LGBTQ, for everything and anything that you believe in, and also, stop eating animals and recognize that speciesism is the same. It comes from the same op oppression and mindset that racism and, he and heterosexism and sexism do. Yeah, exactly. And actually, the very opening of my book, uh, the introduction that I wrote, starts with that. It starts with um, questions that I've been asked, that we as animal rights activists have been asked, um, mm. you know, how... Um, you know, why fight for animals when there are so many human issues in the world? Um, you know, those questions that we get. And then right from the get-go in the book, I, I draw the connection. I make the connection that um, all forms of oppression are connected. Um, human and non-human animal um, oppression is connected. Animal rights is human rights. I always say that. Animal rights is human rights. And that's one thing I love about the book is that um, the connections between oppressions and um, uh, intersectionality and these things are um, explored in the book. And people's um, activists' journeys of what they've overcome, the personal challenges that they've faced, um, either that led them to activism or challenges they faced within activism um, are explored. Um, as well as the like the lessons they've learned, the meaning of activism in their lives. Um, this is this is described in the uh, book's description. If you go to one of the uh, sites where it's um, being sold, you can read the description of the book. Um, and the book is Voices for Animal Liberation. And it's an incredible book. 
I, I really urge you to read it and you will get a sense of the entire animal rights movement, which is becoming the social justice movement of the 21st century. Why? Because when the animals die, we die. We are killing so many animals that within four to 12 hours, we kill more animals on this planet than all the humans who have died in all the wars in the history of humankind. So that gives you a sense of the violence and the carnage. And you know, there's a toll, there's a price that's paid for that violence. There is another way. And I believe that climate crisis will bring us all together. Mm -hmm. And we, we will start fo stop focusing on what we look like, what the shade of our skin color is, uh, what our hair is like, and uh, what religion we are, and where we came from, or even what species we are, and start realizing we're all on the Titanic. <laughs> and the only way off is to go plant-based. And then we will write the ship. So I want to thank Brittany Michelson and Danny Rukin. The book is Voices for Animal Liberation. Please order it. And it will also, as vegan activists, give you all the information you need to make the kind of arguments. You know how sometimes people will say something and you go, oh, I wish I had a better answer. Mm -hmm. These, this has all the answers. Yeah. So you read this book. You'll know every single answer, no matter what people say to you. And I'm going to read it for that so that I always have an answer because afterwards I get really upset if I don't have a good answer and, and Jane, I start talking to myself. Thank, thank you, Jane. Um, you did one of the endorsements for the book. Okay. Um, and so that is on the sites where the book is being sold and, and a quote by you on the back of the book as well. So thank you. Well, thank you. I'm having I us on the show. Thank you. Yeah. And I know how hard it is to write a book. I've written four of them and it ain't easy. So voices for mm -hmm. animal liberation, get it. I'm going to order it as soon as we get off. I can't wait to sit down and read it. And Danny Rukin, I love you. Brittany Michelson, I love you. You are fantastic people. Let's save the world. We're going to hit the tipping point. Plant-based is getting to be the norm. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.